0: So strap in and get ready. The leaders in NRL Supercoach are incoming. Bringing you the ultimate insight to help you win your leagues and climb up the rankings. You're now listening
1: to the Insight NRL Show with your hosts, Brain,
0: Matrix, and Whisperer.
2: Yes, welcome back to the Insight NRL show. Today, we're getting right into the nuts and bolts of NRL Supercoach. Team previews are done. We're moving into positional analysis. We're doing a deep dive on the ladies of the night. We're talking through hookers, uh, making our predictions, talking tactics, structure for your teams, player ownership, pods, and tons more on the SC Brain. SC Matrix and SC Whisperer are with me. Josh, how are you, mate? You're pumped to get through the team previews and into the positions.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, Doug, it's it's always good when you're like sitting there in December being like, All right, boys, how are we gonna plan the uh the preseason? And you go, Oh yeah, we'll do all the team previews. And then by the end of it, you're like, fuck, just just get me into the positions. But I think we structured it well, you know, when we didn't have as much information as possible, doing the teams first, but yeah, definitely ripping in uh to to the hookers, which is unfortunately probably one of the worst positions to cover straight off the bat.
2: It's good to get it out of the way though, isn't it? You know, and, and we'll do that today. But there there is some talking points, so we'll, we'll go through all of them. But Maddie, how are you, mate? You well?
3: Oh, mate, just cooked it. Chicken on the Weber. I've just got a question for the viewers. Where were you the day that Paul Jermaine Washington Jr. dropped 43? And the answer is <laughs> listening to us.
2: Well, that, yeah, I mean, I, I guarantee that no one else is talking about him on an NRL Supercoach podcast. I'll, I'll tell you that Guaranteed. much. Guaranteed. Good to know. Um Guys, the show is brought to you by The Standard Squeeze. Ryan from Astute Newstead and Bonus Bank. Make sure to hit subscribe, hit like. And if you're listening to us on audio, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever it is you get your podcast, hit the follow button, leave us a review. And also, do not forget to join the Unlimited League. The code is 777141. So SC Champions Ring for the winner. You can also go and get your own SC Champions Ring at supercoachchampion.com. Uh, guys, before we start, uh, before we kind of dive into the most owned players and start talking a little bit of tactics and player, um, ownership, I wanted to kind of get an idea on where you guys are at at hooker right now. So, um, Maddie, do you want to start off? Like, how are you structuring hooker? Are you going like, obviously we're not going two primos at hooker, but are you going, you know, are you spending up for one position? Are you going double cheap? How are you playing it?
3: I'm going, I'm going gun and cheap. Um, I'm not sure which gun yet, uh, but yeah, going gun and cheap and just hoping that I don't have to trade out that gun. That's that's my plan. And uh, yeah, we'll see how it works out.
2: How about you, Josh? A diff- different tactic?
1: I'm just having a look quickly. Uh, I've spent less... Uh, on two hookers and then Harry Grant costs for one. So I think that shows you where, I, where I'm sitting at the moment. But, um, yeah, I'm running running double cheap at the moment. Uh, a certain West Tigers hooker, if he picks up the tee, will change that. Um, but excuse my uh, notification sounds. But apart from that, yeah, I've gone double cheap, mate. How about yourself?
2: Um, I have gone as expensive as you can get. And relatively cheap. So I've gone. I've got Harry Grant and, and Brendan Hands at the moment. We'll talk. I'm sure about both of those guys tonight. But uh, I've been hurt very, uh, very much so by Harry Grant not having him last year. And I think I just need to write that wrong this year. I said it in the first episode. No, I've got to stick to it. That there's just no way I'm not owning this guy this year to start the season. So, um, but we'll talk about why soon. Um, Josh Stewart, mate. We've got a we've got the ownership stats here that you've gone through as well. Do you want to kick us off and, and get into that?
1: We do the beauty of doing the team previews first, as well as before the team the game officially launched. We didn't really have ownerships to go through, so now that hooker, you know, and the game is open, we can have a look through these top ten hookers. And I think no surprise, we've got Jaden Braley at the top with over forty percent of teams owning him. At currently forty one percent at time of ownership. Uh, I think this is pretty expected. Just people <laughs> are basing the role. I think it might be slightly too high, probably ten percent too high, just based off what we project to start the season. Um, but forty one point seven percent for Jaden Braley, Harry Grant, the man of the hour, twenty seven point seven percent, which feels pretty low. If you look at you know all the Facebook pages, the social medias, all the content creators, I feel like everyone's got Harry Grant. So less than thirty percent feels low, and then it really drops off a cliff. Boys, JMK, Brandon Hands, both you know between eleven and thirteen percent, and then under ten percent. You've got guys like Reese Robson, Brandon Smith at seven point six and five percent respectively, and then under five percent, Joey Lussick like Braley, Gordon Chemkung tong and Wade Egan, all between 3 and 5%, boys. But I just want to ask you, 27.7%
2: for Harry Grant. Feels low. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm happy because I own him at the moment. And if it stays under 30%, I'm stoked because he should uh, he's the best hooker in the game i guess maybe we should probably kick off with that i think it, it's pretty unanimous isn't it that he's the best pick in this position it's more just the question mark becomes do you want to spend an extra 100k plus uh to to get the best hooker or the best guy in this position just knowing that it's a bit of a a bit of a fluff position really isn't it it's there's not much upside to it maddie at all um you haven't got harry grant though
3: no, I don't have Harry Grant. Um, I just what I could do with a little bit of extra money. I'm currently running uh, JMK. Um, but yeah, look, can't argue with Harry Grant. I've had plenty of iterations where I've had Harry Grant. Um, but in my last one, it came between like a Max King and a Payne House, a Max King or a Payne House, or uh, like I'd have to downgrade to a Max King to go get a um. To go get a Harry Grant, and look, as much as I love Harry Grant. Look, dolphins just have a great draw coming up. Um, yeah, look. Um, JMK obviously speaks with a Kiwi accent, like, there's just a couple extra things that's got me leaning that other way. But, like, every year, not owning Harry Grant's probably just gonna burn me. So,
2: is it the accent that gives you a bit more availability mid season? Is that where you're leading with that?
3: Yeah, no, I just like the accent. Yeah, look. Um <laughs> I think it's worth at least an extra five super coach points per game. No, the flexibility and knowing that he's not going to be missing time um, coming through Origin, um, especially as somebody that tried really hard to pick those fringe guys, those really good players that weren't making Origin, just to see those guys get picked. Like a like, so Reese Robson really burnt me last year. I had him for every single round last year, um, and him getting picked for Origin just absolutely flatlined every plan I had. So look, it's not going to happen with JMK. He's just going to get injured. So
2: and so fuck. Okay. Uh Josh, you're going cheap, clearly, uh, by not yes. having the, the cash total there for Harry Grant combined. Um so are you is your thinking more aligning with the fact that because Hooker is such a lack of upside position that you're more than happy to try and get some guys with opportunity?
1: I'm just looking at it as what's the best case for Grant? a 75, like he averaged 73 last year, may, maybe a 75 this year. Um, it's just the fact that if hands or Lussick, whoever does get the starting gig and they play 80, like I think we can, you know, pretty comfortably estimate a 50 point game and like is 400 K worth 50 at uh, 25 points. Pro- probably not. That's the way I'm looking at it, but also a couple of pretty cool stats from the weekly rubdown, probably the pinnacle of super coach drive content. Uh, in 2023, when the storm won by 13 plus, Grant averaged 94 and went a fit Pappenhausen. Grant averaged 87, which was a eight game sample size together. And we just look at that, you know, that run to start the season, and it's just not screaming. Grant's going to, you know, kill us. The problem is though, with Grant, he can do what no other can do, and what I mean by that is he has that score against Parramatta of 149. That'd take Brandon Hands probably six weeks of footy to get, just in one game. But like he can do it, he can do what no other hooker can do, and that's the scary thing. But I think just yeah. from the points that we can save by going to a fifty-point plotter for four hundred k cheaper, what else can we do with that money that enables you to get, you know, Ponga Turbo, Cleary Hines, and they're going to make up the distance than than what Grant's giving you.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's the conversation, isn't it? It's like, okay, what can what can that cash? that I'm saving at hooker, being a low upside position, get me in other upside positions. So you send a wing, you're going to have more cash than me. Um, you know, I still have Turbo and Ponga and Cleary and Hines, and I've managed to build a squad around those four guys. And I think they're probably nearly all musts or pretty close to it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to leave me weak in other areas. And I'm going to be relying on a lot of, kind of rookie, cheaper guys that come in and, and get named on TLT. And I probably will be scrambling quite late, whereas you're going to have a bit more flexibility, Josh, and, than me with that extra cash.
1: He does have plenty of pros, though. Uh, nine tries, 13 tries assists, seven line breaks, 13 line break assists last year was absolutely unreal. And, you know, as we talked about, that ceiling is ridiculous for him, Matrix, you know, He scored 149 last year. He slid seven scores over 80 last year and five scores over 100. The ceiling for him is just, it's just Unmatched at hooker position. That's the trade-off that you make. It's it's a very scary watch when Melbourne are firing. But I think, Matt, that the draw doesn't help his his case. You know, three pretty awful fixtures, then a buy, and then another awful fixture.
3: Yeah, and that sort of hopefully somebody like a mid-tier guy can get me to a Harry Grant in maybe six weeks. Um, that would be ideal if I got that opportunity. The worst thing is I think I remember it was like the 72nd minute, Harry Grant was on absolutely nothing, and then he's just gone and scored a try and then got a try assist in the last eight minutes and absolutely burns you. You're right. All these things that we're talking about, Harry Grant's probably the only hooker that can do that. Um, But, yeah, it just depends probably where you're spending that extra
2: money as to whether
3: it's worth it or not.
2: And, like, we're talking about a, a bad fixture on a fucking good team. Can we can we not forget that this is the Melbourne Storm we're talking about, Craig Bellamy, one of the best coaches to ever coach. And I you know what? This this stinks so much of the North Queensland Cowboys last year when we thought we're going to load up on the Cowboys, look at their dream run of fixtures that they've got, they're going to be amazing. We're going to have Robson, Val Holmes, people are picking did and like I reckon and, and I'm going to maybe this might be quite spicy, but I mean that the three of these four bad fixtures we're talking about are at home at Amy Park. So that's also something to consider. They're versing the Panthers, the Warriors, and the Broncos, and that's not easy. They're playing Newcastle away. That'll be tough. But those three games, Panthers, New Zealand, and the Broncos are all at home in Melbourne. So we know that Melbourne's a bit of a fortress, and not so much last year, but in previous years. This could honestly just be Cowboys flopped last year with an amazing draw. Can we? Everybody's riding off the Melbourne storm, Josh, and they come out and just fucking kill it and end up first after about five or six rounds.
1: Yeah, well, especially if Belly does decide this is last year and sort of uh, makes that known, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be one to work. Oh, we're not sitting here saying that Grant's terrible. Like it's it's no. more a case of like, is he gonna go out and score you know three hundreds in the first five weeks? Probably not. So then yeah. the case becomes like, okay, well, what can we do with the money? Like Grant probably still averages sixty eight to seventy across these first five weeks, which is you know still elite. But it's like, cool. If I can get a fifty point plotter, what can we do with that? But um. Yeah, fair, fair bit of time spent on Grant. There'll be other hookers that we go through today that probably don't require as much time. And for me, boys, one of those hookers is Damien Cook. He, he's yep. been pretty much, he's been the top two in terms of super coach for the past nine years between sort of 2015 and 2024. It's been him and Cam Smith and then him and Harry Grant. But this year, I'm not seeing it. Uh, a 65 last year, um, I've got him projected about a 63, slight PPM drop off, maybe some minutes there. Um, does miss rounds 13 and he plays in rounds 16 and 19 for origin. So he's missing a pretty crucial part of that, including the buy in rounds 17. So he's going to be missing 13, 16, 17, 19 in that middle period and only owned by 3% of teams. What's the situation on Cook this year, uh, Matrix? You know, are you, are you tempted at all or are you just, you know, that that's long gone?
3: No, it's, it's long gone, and uh, Cook impressed me probably last year. I expected the drop-off to come last year, and it didn't really happen. Um, it, it wasn't too bad. Um, I think that he'll be a target for draft. Um, I think that you're mad if you're thinking that there's going to be a massive drop-off, but I just don't see him improving as a player at his age. Uh, when I look at the pieces around him on this South team, um, I think yeah, look, I don't see that barnstorming run up the middle where he's where he's absolutely split two defenders, picking it up from dummy half. I see a little bit less of that. Um, and we probably saw a little bit less of it last year. Um, look, love Damian Cook, staying away from him for Super Coach,
2: And I guess it comes, yeah, I, yeah, you're right. He's still a top three to four hooker, you know. But if you're paying up and you're paying, what, what's his price? 663K, you just pay an extra 90 and get Harry Grant, don't you?
1: You just save yeah. 30 and go to JMK as well with the draw yeah, like if, if you if you're on the JMK train which we'll discuss him next I'm not but if you are you just save the money and, and get JmK with the a, with with a, with a decent draw but in saying that uh Cook's got the uh, the Cowboys St George the buy the Titans the Tigers so he's got four great fixtures out of the first five and one of them's a buy that he doesn't have a great fixture in mm-hmm.
2: yeah I mean it, it's it's just a shame because Damien cook's such a good footballer um, but I think his role is starting to be watered down, isn't it, at Souths? You got, is it Pete Mamazellas? Um, Probably going to start sneaking some minutes, potentially, over at Souths as well. They they seem to be leaning into him a bit.
1: Yeah, uh, I think you hit an nail on the head there. As uh, Steve Roach would say, he is a football that kid. And Cook is. Like, Cook, is <laughs> Cook is a good footy player, but super coach wise, it's sort of dropped off ever since what was it, Seabold left? He hasn't been that elite guy that we've had in previous years where you pick him and move on, but A guy that had some resurgence, and I'll let Matrix sort of introduce him because he's got a love affair, is JMK.
3: Yeah. Look, I just wanted to leave Damien Cook with did you know he was a beach sprinter before we get to JMK, but now we're good. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, look, JMK, I just... Like, the stars seem to have aligned. And maybe I need to just pay back the universe a little bit for how much I bagged out the Dolphins last year. But K was great last year. He was sensational. Um, he's got that attacking upside. The draw's really nice. Um, as I said, the Kiwi accent, he's never going to be going away and playing Origin through the middle of the year. Um, like, as analysts, the stars have aligned to just go, Jeremy Marshall King. I don't want to delve into the fact that does he get injured again? Because anyone could get injured at any time. Um, yeah, he had unlucky history with, with injury last year. But he was great last year. You'd like to think that Wayne Bennett's got the Dolphins um, firing on all cylinders again. The buys are perfect for him. I think the more you write down the pros versus the cons with Jeremy Marshall King, the more you want to spend up and pay the money for him.
2: I, I look at his line break assists and his try assists. Those are the things that, that stand out for me with JMK. Obviously, he missed a chunk of the season last year as well. He missed uh, nine games total out of 27 rounds. So obviously, availability was a bit of an issue with injury, like you just mentioned. But um, I think it was nine tries, uh, no, sorry, nine try assists last year which is second most for all the hookers in the competition, and then also nine uh, line break assists, obviously, that go with those try assists. So uh, the attacking upside is there for me for JMK, and I think if I wasn't just going to go and bank my cash into Harry Grant, I'd definitely be banking my cash in JMK uh, because you mentioned the draw, Matty. it's, It's beautiful. It's one of the best draws in the comp. It's the Cowboys at home. It's Dragons at home. Then into the bye. Unfortunately, it's an awkward early Buy though, which is maybe will deter some people away from some Dolphins players, Josh. uh, Does that deter you at all? Does that bother you at all with the Dolphins having that round three buy? Yeah,
1: it's not ideal, but it's also worth noting every hooker that's not named Reese Robson that that is somewhat good has an early buy. We saw Grant in round four, we saw Cook in round uh, seven. K in round three, Braley in round five, Apicorosau in round one, like all these decent hookers have early buyers. So your second hooker will be definitely leaned upon early in these seasons, regardless of where you go. Uh, for me, I'm not a JMK guy. I've been pretty open about that. I'm not keen on the off season shoulder surgery. Um, I'm always wary of a second season syndrome. It's just in the back of my mind. I just wonder if Wayne Bennett eases him in, you know, off the back of maybe a, a bit of a restricted preseason and, and, you know, just gets him through the first six weeks and that's my only concern. Um, But yeah, look, if you're in on JMK, there's not much more that needs to be said. It's a great draw. He's had the attacking upside before. Um, But yeah, it's good to have some different opinions on, on, uh, on JMK.
2: And I think before we move on to the rest of these guys, these three are your premium three. I don't. I don't think it's it's fair to say, boys, that we're looking at you know Cook, Marshall, King, and Grant are the three kind of upper echelon hookers, and then everybody else seems to kind of fall off into a maybe tier two category, right?
1: Yeah, I'm. We'll talk about the next guy. I I've got a decent little strategy if you are are looking at the next guy. But Brano, the show is brought to you by Stand and Squeeze. Long time, it absolutely is. Don't give yeah, me the yeah. plug.
2: No. I no, but what I'm I'm drinking, you're not, so I probably shouldn't. And hey, maybe Matrix should do the plug. Probably the best drinker in Australia. Um, <laughs> what a what a bunch of plugs.
3: <laughs> Mate, the standard squeeze, fantastic. You know you can put this thing in the freezer. So you load up your grog in there. Anyway, you give her a squeeze. She gives you the perfect pour so that you can count exactly how much you're drinking. Uh, before you go drive home Um, really great for taking camping or anything like that Um, look these these kits and they now have a double shot one too these kits are yeah they're absolute lifesavers and like I don't keep it in glass bottles anymore I've got I've got kids running around the uh, around the house that can knock over glass bottles standard squeeze saved me a million times
2: insight 15 is the code go and use it get yourself 15 percent off everything in store thanks to the standard squeeze blake braley mate he's uh he's all yours and i, I must admit josh I, I bought into the blake braley hype that you were pushing in the chat and i'm all for it I'm, I'm with you on it i just can't move from harry grant <laughs>
1: And that's totally, and that's totally, totally fair. And this is probably comes from my point of like the grand draw, but it's a fun fact that uh, Blake Bradley actually played the most minutes at hooker last year in terms of minutes per game. He averaged 78.8. So uh, an iron man in the middle, but yes, Blake Bradley, 579 K an early draw of the Warriors away, which isn't ideal, but the Bulldogs at home, St. George away, the Raiders at home, and then the buy at round five. Now I think that buy is pretty crucial. And we'll talk about that in due course. But averaged 57 last year. I don't expect a huge uptick over the, over the season. Uh, I only expect about a 58 thereabouts, just you know, one point of improvement. Um, but a buy-in round's five, 16, and 20. I wouldn't be looking at him around 16 to 20. The big appeal for him is early on um, with an ownership of 4.8%. So the 4.8% maybe are on my little theory of Grant's got a really crap first four weeks. Braley's got a pretty good first four weeks. Grant's got the buy-in round four. Braley's got the buy-in round five. There is a world where I start with Brayley, flicking him in round five to bring back in Grant after he's gone through that first four weeks of of, of Hellboys. Um, I'm just looking at those Bulldogs, Dragons, Raiders fixtures. And the psychology is if I pay up for JMK, K, I I feel like I'm going to be stuck with him. Like I don't really want to sell him if he's doing well. Whereas if I have it in my head that I'm always going to move Braley, who hopefully outperforms his 57 break even in those first four weeks we move him on. Um... Yeah, that's that's sort of my thinking behind it. I'm not loving Brayley for the season, but I yeah, I like the little five week play of you know playing him in the in the decent draw and then flicking to Grant.
2: What do you reckon, Matty?
3: Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, I just I'm not sure I see him going up much in cash. Like I think you get the opportunity for 50k more to make some money out of Jeremy Marshall King, whereas I think Blake Brayley will be. 580K still in six weeks, which is fine. Like that could still be a pathway to it. You just got to bank, you know, 100, probably 100K, hoping Harry Grant drops a little bit. Um, and I like it. I think it's a safest house's pick.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think it's safe. Yep, 100%. I guess the question you need to ask yourself is, is Harry Grant losing 100K? in the first five weeks of the season. Probably not in one price cycle, but he could
1: definitely lose 70. And if yeah. if Brayley goes at, say a, say, a 65 over these first four weeks, which is not like a huge uptick, that's seven points. If Brayley can gain you, say, 40K, and Grant comes down in, say, 70K, now that's a 110K price swing, and the difference between him and Grant is, you know, 180K. So if you can find that from a cheapy elsewhere, uh, you're getting pretty much a, a, a two-trade play, to make some cash and then to buy a gun. And that's sort of the way I'm looking at it. If I was to go a mid-range hooker, it wouldn't be a Wade Egan or a, or a Reese Robson just because I don't see the, the short-term play upside, whereas I do with Braley. Um, but the pros is the draw. We've touched on this. Um, he likely plays close to 80 minutes. We've already said that he is the leader in hooker minutes last year um, by by you know a little bit over uh, Cook and Grant. Robson was pretty much neck and neck was the only other one. The cons is playing with one of the most ball dominant sevens in the comp. And you're also now getting Trindle who loves to have his hands on the footy. And so does Bill Kennedy for that fact. So the attacking upside might not be there, but he is a very base player and you only need one or two attacking plays in these first four weeks for it to pay off. In my opinion, it's not a case of you needing like we'll touch on Appy in this episode, boys. Appy's got a horrible base. Brainer was telling me before we started, he's got the worst base out of this list. Um, Brayley will get you 55 points. Just stepping onto the field. He just needs one or two attacking returns in these first four weeks to, you know, really make that plan to Grant work, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, and and we talk a lot about making cash, don't we, Matty? Like make cash yep. early, build your bank up, and then obviously you can make your moves at the back end of the season. So this could be genius. If it if it pays off and Harry Grant drops like we think he might, and you can do that nice little swap around that buy period for both of these teams.
3: Yeah, you also have to get points. I don't think Blake Braley is a cash maker. I'm still not there, but I do think that he will get you as advertised and he'll just get your runs on the board. Like, he'll get you those 57 points every for me, Lock it in, Eddie.
2: And for me, like, Harry Grant, right, if you're expecting him to lose a bit of cash and have a bit of a tough run to start the season, he's priced at, what, a 73.5 or 74? Let's say he scores 67, right? Loses 70K to start the season. Does break? Does Blake Braley like average 67-plus? Or are you going to be ahead on points? Yeah, you might have dropped a little bit of cash, but Harry Grant's going to make that money back eventually. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm just thinking, and this is this is just me maybe, maybe trying to outthink the room here, but if Bradley averages 63, that's only six points better with a good draw, which isn't out of the question. You know, it's 200K for six points, or for four points, actually. So that's just the way that I'm looking at it. Um, seems yep. like we're a little bit divided on Blake Bradley, which is cool. I think we're all going to be unanimous on Wade Egan. At 576K, boys, what a troll. Uh, Scored for about 28 weeks in a row last year. And then everyone bought him, and that was the week he had a HIA after about five minutes. Um, Scored a 56 last year. You you read Twitter, and it makes it feel like he he scored 80 points. I see a lot of love for Wade Egan, and people are are acting like, you know, he's 20 points underpriced because of a couple of HIAs. He's a perennial 40-point scorer in years gone by. I understand that Andrew Webster's got this new philosophy and new culture
2: at the Warriors. I, I need to see it again. He we, we got catfished by a Reed money last year at the first price point. Didn't we, um, at, uh, you know, on the bubble, he was yep. going to make a ton of cash. He went, you know, 90, 80, uh, Wade Egan Hands did the upwards. same thing and just kept fucking going, didn't he? he? He went 99 with a try and a try assist 88 with a try 71 with a try. Then he got a HIA, uh, didn't play against the bulldogs in round four. And then he got in 64 with another try. And I remember sitting here, Matty, and we were talking on a round three preview or something going, do not get Wade Egan. He will not continue to score tries. He's never
3: and done this And then he before. went try,
2: try. So, but then the thing is for the rest of the season, he scored one try in the next 23 rounds. So like, you've got to be not looking and being baited by those first five rounds. You've got to look at the rest of the season and, you know, 60, 40, 20, 60, 70, 30, 40. And then he got a couple of try assists, scored some 70s, 60s, but then he finished with a 16, a 32, and a 61. So like, yeah, there, there's way too much inconsistency, Josh, for me. So you're paying
1: you're paying for a hooker to get attacking returns, which is just not the the, the play for me. Um, but also buys in rounds 13, 19, 27. He's gone for 66 percent of those major buys, which is you know not a play. 3.1% ownership. Um, we've already mentioned the pros and cons. I'm not keen. Um no. Not You're paying... People... Yeah, people are saying he's underpriced because of the HIAs. I think he's overpriced because of the historic outlier um, season of tries. And I'm just... I'm happy yeah. to always bet against the exception, not the rule.
0: Yeah,
2: There is another big outlier that we'll talk about soon. I haven't mentioned it yet, but it's it's very obvious and it's it'll be interesting to get your guys' tauts, thoughts on this as well. But um, Api Korosau, the Tiger, uh, I mean, there, there's a little bit of rumour floating around that he may be goal-kicking. I think Josh put a... Uh, a bit of a clickbait photo of him kicking one off the tee in the Discord, and everyone just went fucking apeshit, Maddie. So, um, <laughs> is he me, me, so... Me, pressing, me pressing for clicks? Surely not. That's, that's uh... <laughs> maddie. If so, that the question now becomes if he is goal kicking, do you pick him? Because uh, th- we're not going to pick him without it. We can't. He's got the lowest base, like Josh would just say, and he scores 33 score uh, points per game in base which is like five or six points less than the next worst player in this list we're talking about so the base isn't there he relies solely on attacking points but what do we get a bump in what eight to ten points in goal kicking potentially this year does that make things does that kind of align things for you a little bit easier Matty Maybe, like it's
3: exciting to have Appy Coruscant kicking. I'm still not sure he's a hit out of the park over some of these other guys we're talking about. Like he is only 50K cheaper than than Jeremy Marshall King. Um, but if you buy into the fact that you think the Tigers are going to be a lot better, uh, they do have a good draw to start. Um, I think Appy will still be playing Origin. Am I? Yeah. Would I he be playing so. Origin this year?
1: I think so. And the, and the problem with that is it rules him out for the major buys completely because he got a buy in round 13 and we know Origins played in 16, 19. And he also has the
2: buy in round one. So you're just like, you're just getting bent over by Appy's buy schedule here. Yeah. Let me, the, the one question mark now that we have, that's going to make it really tough for us for any of these New South Wales picks is Madge McGuire now being the new coach and not Brad Fittler. We knew where Brad Fittler's allegiances lie. Uh, we knew his preferences and the way he liked to pick his team. We have no fucking idea what Madge is going to do. And he's come out and he's basically said, I have no loyalty to anyone. And he's going to be picking a team for New South Wales based on form this year. So, you know, if that tells you anything, it's, you know, this could be, that this origin period could be absolute carnage as if last year wasn't already enough.
3: You know know who won't get picked? Jeremy Marshall King.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think the precedent's been set though that 18th man will always be guys on the bye. That just seems like we saw yeah. it last year. That just seems like the play. So, um, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if Appy if he doesn't play Origin that he's the eighteenth man in round, you know, thirteen. And then you know who knows what happens after that. But you know I've done a little little bit of projections, boys. Average fifty six last year. I've got him projected at fifty nine if he doesn't goal kick. That's more so just the uptick in the Tigers. If he's going to get you know more attack, then he's he's going to have a little bit of an uptick. But if he is goal kicking, he's pushing seventy points, sixty seven. 68, 69, 70, like he is, he could become the second best hooker in the game if he's goal kicking, which for 572k is is really juicy. The question then becomes, you have to play Lussick, hands or Braley in round one, which is not the worst thing in the world, because if you're getting a guy that can put up 70, um, it's great. We've talked about the draw. Raiders, Cowboys, Parramatta, Dolphins, St. George. Now, the Parramatta, the Dolphins, and St. George were in the bottom percentile for points conceded last year, and the Raiders and Cowboys were in the second lowest percentile. So the draw is definitely there for Appy, but the base is scary. I mean, you look at someone like a Wade Egan, who has a you know base of 38, um, and he is not exactly a, a huge worker himself, and if he's putting five points on Appy, then there is cause for concern. So those low games will happen,
2: but the goal kicking will you know elevate that floor. And, can, and and also, something relevant with Appy is the fact that he honestly could be considered the lead playmaker for this team this year. You've got Aiden Caesar, who's come across in the Super League. And yes, uh, we we know what Aiden Caesar can do in his prime, but he's definitely not in his prime anymore, Is at the back end of his career. And whoever they pick at 5'8 is going to be inexperienced. Whether it's um, Jaden Sullivan, whether they lean into Latu Fainu early, uh, you know, Appy's going to have the ball in his hand. He's going to be doing a lot of kicking from dummy half short of the line. He's going to be doing a lot. Uh, from the play the ball, I think, this year. So I think we are going to see those attacking stats a lot more from Appy uh, than any other hooker in the competition just through pure workload alone. So definitely worth considering. But, yeah, regardless of that, I think it comes down to the kicking. So it's a trial watch for us. And, and Josh, we're going to do some shows leading uh, or after the trial weeks leading up to the comp starting, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Sorry, I caught you eating. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. yeah, fucking stitch up. So that's the second stitch Sorry. up I've done Sorry, in two episodes. Newcastle. So. <laughs> um boys, before we uh before we move on to the kind of I guess bottom tier. We can call them bottom tier. We've got to give a shout out to Ryan from Astute Newstead. Uh the show is brought to you by Ryan and with interest rates booming across the country, making it a lot harder for you to even afford your first time. Uh, you've got to get in touch with Ryan, he'll look after you. If you mention us. Uh, so Hammond's Home Finances. is who you're looking for on Instagram, or you can send him an email, ryanhateganwealth.com. Just send him a message saying that you watch the Insight NRL show and we sent you there. He'll look after you. He's got access to 50 lenders on panel. He'll do all the work for you and you don't have to worry about a thing it can be a stressful process as well going through that kind of finance uh, that finance side of things for for home loans so um yeah let ryan do the work for you what
3: what i did what i did with Hamo is i just went to him and i'm like i already have a home loan um can you save us some money and um he just went to all these different lenders i had no obligation to him or anything i just said hey just give me some quotes. What can you get me? And he just come back and save me, you know, a couple hundred bucks a week. Oh no, it was 50 bucks a week. It was a couple hundred bucks a month. And you know what? That's four cartons. I was happy with that. And <laughs> it didn't cost anything to, to sign up or anything. Um, he took care of everything. You just, you just go to him. He's easy to talk to, plays a bit of super coach himself. Um, You could just have a, have a chat to him. He lines it all up, sets up your accounts with everything. And I just, he just changed banks for me. And, it just saved me money just by getting in contact with him. So um, yeah, don't be afraid to reach out to hammer.
2: Yeah, I did the same thing. Legend. Uh, Reese Robson. Uh, We bought in Maddie on the Reese Robson stock last year to start the season. Didn't we with the Cowboys amazing draw. And um, he, he didn't really have the year we were expecting of him, but Josh, are we expecting a bounce back year from Reese Robson? Because he was under, he's underpriced by about eight points. If you look at, 2022
1: versus 2023 yeah yeah so had a bit of a drop off um just in overall production I only put up 55 last year but you know got him bouncing back to around that 60 mark um but you talk about a guy that you can just that's, you talk about Blake rally band meat and potatoes reese robson doesn't mm. have a buy until around 16 put him there don't have to worry about him for four months but buys in around 16 19 25 this guy screams 18th man for origin you know covers or well, doesn't cover two of the Origin games, so he will be there or thereabouts, um, and potentially a rep game in round thirteen. So if he if he is in line for an Origin, you know, jersey off the bench, he is out for pretty much all three major buys. But he is going to be definitely you can definitely get three months of solid production out of Reese Robson. Seven point six percent of teams also agree as he is owned by that many. Uh, The pros, yeah. Uh, Nine-point drop on 2022. He probably could break back into that 60 range. I've got him pegged at, say, 60-61. But it does come down to the cows. Now, it has been noted today that uh, Ruben Cotter and Tom Dearden have been named co-captains. Tamalolo has been demoted. And that forward pack isn't getting any younger. Um, McLean, Lolo, Granville, I think they're all over 30 now. So, Uh, Robson was 0.1 minutes behind Brayley. We just spoke about Brayley being the leading minutes um, guy at hooker and and Robson was behind him by 0.1 minutes. So he was basically tied for first as well. So he is a very, very steady set of hands. His draw is sort of up and down. Um, Dolphins in round one, Newcastle in round two, Tigers in round three, Broncos round four, Gold Coast round five. So it's up, down, up, down, up, down. But Reese Robson, he is, you're buying him at the low, which is always nice. And you're buying him knowing exactly what he is. Like he is a very seven out of 10 super coach option. And I don't hate the pickers probably much as people would think because he doesn't have a buy until around thirteen. And we spoke about all these hookers having so many early buys. He is a guy that you don't have to worry about at all.
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
3: I think when you have a look at the fact that he scored two tries last year and only had three try assists, like either he is just... He's going to be matchup proof. Like, he is going to get this regardless of who he plays. Maybe on the harder matchups, he might get more tackles and stuff. So, that's going to be better for Reese Robson. Maybe you don't look at his matchups when it comes to that because he's not getting his points in attacking stats. But I've just been burnt and I'm just not
2: sure I can go back to the well. And it's that awkward price, 550K. Like, Yeah. Do you really want to pay that much when you can pay a tiny bit extra and just get someone that you can rely on a little bit more with, you know, his base is 45. So don't get me wrong. He's got, I think it's only two points, two points less in base than Harry Grant. So when you're talking about upper echelon, like Reese Robson, when you're looking at a guy that's reliable, Reese Robson's your man. If you want to save yourself 200k and you want base, that's fine. He's there. He,
1: um, he played every game bar one last year, boys. So pretty much missed a consistent. One score below 40, one score above 70. Just bang, right there. Uh, Coefficient variance rating of 24%, which means he doesn't move from his score by about 24%, which is very, very good. He is just, he is exactly what you get. And he is a very, very steady set of hands. Um, He has no risk. He has no upside. He is a very good draft option.
2: (laughs) Yeah, great draft option. Absolutely. Um, The question you now need to ask yourself is, do you think Brendan Hand's, with the minutes at the Eels could do the same thing, or very close to it, and you could save 200 250K. That's the question. Yeah.
1: And that's that's what we're hoping for these, you know, mid-range Eels plotters. And speaking of a former Eels plotter, Reed Money, uh, 547k, a very, very down year based on what he's done at, at his peak of only a 54 average last year. And unfortunately for Reese and for the three of us, because we all bought into the hype last year, I think that's pretty much there or thereabouts next year at a 55 in rounds 8, 15, and rounds 19. No rep games because he's going to be stuck behind Harry Grant and Ben Hunt. 2.4% of ownership, which feels too high. I don't really see a huge bounce back for for Reid Money, But he had one good year, boys. Like, you look at his scores, and he's a mid-50s guy. He had one good year two years ago where he averaged, what, 63. Apart from that, not a whole lot else. Um, I can see in the pros here, you've written if the balls click and attack, he won't have to do as much. Um, which is which is fair. We saw his attacking prowess in the first two rounds last year. A lot of his demerits, uh, this is a fantasy versus supercoach thing. Um, missed tackles in fantasy are, are hit hard, very hard. Um, so he was very, very poorly scored last year in fantasy, but supercoach, I think you only minus one point. But in saying that, he did miss the most amount of tackles in the comp last year, boys. Um, so yeah. some reinforcements in the Bulldogs pack, he's not going to have to do as much. So maybe we do get three or four points better in terms of missed tackle points.
2: And I think also when you watch the Bulldogs games last year, he was the first up out of the line. It was kind of like they were using him as a bit of a bumper to to slow down the props, slow down the big men in the middle of the field. And then the rest of the guys would come and kind of clean up the mess. So from a a super coach perspective, it it, made fucking, that's exactly what he was last year. Um, But obviously from a football perspective, great. That's a, that's a great role to have because it'll kind of free up your big fellas to do a little bit less work in the middle. But in saying that super coach, it hurts. Um you know i we did talk about this last year, Maddie that the style of play from the eels to the bulldogs is very different the way that they shift mm-hmm. the ball um you know he was really well used when they were up the guts you know they they used the kind of one out hit ups uh a lot of the time for the eels and they they did that really well. They had a big forward pack, and uh Reed Marney kind of feasted in the middle of the field because that he he likes playing direct whereas the Bulldogs play a very lateral style of football. They shift the ball two, three out. most uh, More often than not, They obviously their forwards were a bit decimated last year as well, so they did play a lot more laterally, where Reid Marnie seems like he gets a little bit lost when they're playing laterally as opposed to up the guts, up the middle of the field. So, um, yeah, something to consider there. Maybe with the Bulldogs being a little bit better in the middle of the field, that could help him. Um, but, yeah, it, it's still not a, not a look. But, again when we're talking hookers very quickly, let's, let's talk draft because it's Harry Grant and shout out to the weekly rub down guys. It's Harry Grant up, up front in round one or two, if you can get him. And then it's literally a hooker from round 10 onwards, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. if he's there the problem- in round 10, 11 or something, you just, you just snap him up at the back end. The problem with
1: draft is as well, like most people draft before TLT. So like, even if you're looking at a Grant, or even if you're looking at a Lussig or Hands, it's just like, fuck, you have to gamble on one of them. Like, it could be wrong. Like, that's the issue there with, with draft. Um, Yeah, for me, draft, if I, if I don't get Grant, I go with someone that's like very, very solid. Uh, And Matrix's best friend, Lachlan Croker, falls into that category at 532k. uh, 52 average last yep. year. I think he averages 52 this year, boys. Buys in rounds 13, 17, 22. Won't play rep games, but owned by 0.5% of people, which I think is... You're perfectly fine. He's not a classic option. He just does what he does.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. And like, that's sort of why I throw someone like Lachlan Croker. Like, somebody says something like, oh, why aren't we adding this guy? It's like, because he's a Lachlan Croker. Like, because he's just going to do what. <laughs> Which is not an insult. It's, not a, it's just, it's just, no, you no, know no exactly yeah, it's, what he is. Oh, 100%. Like, you know what? I'm probably like, Again, round ten comes around. I'm probably going to be looking at a at a Sam Verrills and a Jacob Little and a uh, and a Lachlan Croker, and I'm going to be looking at blokes like this because you know what? There's a chance that they are worth a little bit more. But like the chances are, I just sit there. I've used all my draft picks to chase them attacking upside, and Hooker just sits there all year. Um, and that's I think I ran Billy um, most of most of last year, and it was perfectly fine. I made. Made the final and lost the Braino, so fuck you. But, um, yeah, look. Uh, look, yeah, I think when it comes to draft, like we should be talking about these blokes like Croker. And, like Phoenix Crossland again this year, like he could get some minutes and still be still be serviceable there if you're in your last, you know, pick there. But, yeah, it's it's your Littles, it's your Smiths, it's your Crokers, it's your Verils. Yeah, I really like these guys.
2: Let me just add, so... Lachlan Croker zero point five percent owned, not not very popular. Gordon Chan Kam Tong is more owned than Lachlan Croker, the starting hooker for Manly. Gordon Chan Kam Tong off the bench is more owned. Now this is just a cult figure pick. I'm I'm assuming, um, but but that hurts Croker, doesn't it? Surely if if Chan Kam is going to be off the bench and he's going to be getting bench minutes and and he's the next big thing and and everyone loves him. Uh, if he's getting minutes, it hurts Croker, doesn't it, Josh? Like, or does he shift to the middle of the field for a little bit and not lose minutes?
1: Oh, I probably just think it's more of a case of like less minutes, bigger upside. Turbo's back, you know. Turbo's pushing to the middle. Like these are all just very small factors that factor in. Like, if Croker came out and averaged fifty four, is it going to make headlines? No. If he, if he comes and averages forty eight, is it going to make headlines? No. It's just like you you reject him, you know, for, for what he is. So, Croker uh, is Croker. picking up in draft in the very late ends. Classic. I am not touching him. Uh, I think we can skip past Chris Randall too. The only reason he's made this inclusion is because we've done the top 10 scorers of last year. Chris Randall probably won't even be in the side come round one. So the less said <laughs> about him, the better. Uh, let's talk about some notable mentions. Uh, Jaden Briley, 330K. It's taken us 45 minutes to get to the most popular supercoach hooker. Um, yes, come round 10, he will be fine. The dilemma is, boys, and every podcaster has spoken about this, is the timeshare. Phoenix Crosland was great last year. great, He was fine last year. And Braley's come off two serious injuries. No guarantees he plays big minutes. I think we said this on the night's preview. Um, I put out a tweet and said, if you knew exactly um, Jaden Braley was playing 55 minutes, would you buy or, or buy or fade? And it was dead split 50-50. So <coughs> looking, like, looking like 55 minutes is the cutoff point for where people are keen. I think it's a case of he still has value even if he plays 45 minutes, but that value won't present itself until six, seven, eight, nines, eight, nine rounds down the track.
2: Completely agree. I don't have him in my team at the moment for that reason. I, When you put up that poll, I voted on it and I said, I'm fading him if he doesn't get 55 minutes. So I was on the fade side of things. I'm like, you know, I, I need 60 plus from him to even consider him as an option, just look at his career PPMs, like 0.7 to 0.8. Um, he did average 59. I think it was in the only season, I think, that, that he's played, or the sorry, the only full season that he's played in the last four years. Uh, and the other years, so that the three seasons outside of that year where he played 22 games and averaged 59, he only played 15 games total in three seasons due to injury. Yeah. So that's one thing you've got to take into consideration is the injury risk. With him and and the fact that yeah Josh you hit the nail on the head Phoenix Crossland you said he was great to start and then you reneged it and pulled back and said he was good I would argue and say that he was great for what he was asked to do I reckon he was great he did yeah, a for fucking ball, awesome role the
1: role he was great, for the, for the ball, he was great. Yeah. yeah
2: absolutely super coach no but um yeah no honestly like why wouldn't they lean into Phoenix Crossland you got Jaden Brayley coming back from an ACL which is a serious injury as well it takes a lot of time to get back from that. He's had a full season, though, and a full preseason, though. So that is the advantage. But I think Phoenix Crossland will probably eat into at least 25 to 30 minutes of time.
1: I'm desperately trying to scroll through my archived posts I've made, and it's not for like it's a it's a three or four-year-old thing as I'm as I'm scrolling. But I remember off the top of my head that Brayley in his pump, which I think was 2021, the first ten rounds he averaged like seventy-four. And look, he's not gonna do that with the minute share that he's got, um, just because of the fact that he you know is older, two two major injuries. But if he can get anywhere close to that sort of production, that sort of PPM that we've seen from from him, you know, scoring 70 points in the first 10 rounds, it's a it's a very, very good click to go at. So I've finally found after I've stalled for enough time. Um, Jaden Brayley in 2021 through rounds one to 10, average 74.2. Very good clip that he was going at. And then f- fell off a cliff at the end of the season from rounds 11 to 20, only average 45.8, but 45.8, if that's the worst of Jaden Brayley at 330 K, then yes, he presents value. And that's the thing that we're trying to say here. At Matrix is there is value, but is the value enough to, to forego a grant or forego a, a, a hands because unless you're going double cheapy, then, you know, one of Brayley or or hands has to miss out.
3: The thing is if if Brad Arthur comes out and names Brendan hands and Joey Luthick round one, then I'm probably just going to go back to Brayley or I'm
1: retiring. I'm, I'm done with Supercoach. Well, <laughs> all my yeah, plans are but, forwarded. All... I'm done.
3: But, like, honestly, that, that could happen. Like, he's a coach. He doesn't care about your super coach team. Um, so, basically, that could happen. And I'll just go back to Brayley. And, yes, you know what? If he if he is a 45-point average guy and I've got to pay up to get him to Reese Robson in six weeks, um, you know, and I've got to spend 100K to do it, I'll do it. Um, I don't think Jaden Braley's a bad pick. I think everybody's on the right track. I just think if there's an Eels 80-minute guy, and that could be an excellent segue into the next, to the next players, because I think what we're all looking at with our second guy is an Eels 80-minute cheapy Somebody 350k that's going to play 80 minutes, you can't... Jaden Braley's not going to play 80 minutes. Phoenix Crossland was too good last year. Uh, we're if we get this eels eighty minute guy, we want them, and we have to have them. That's going to be the best pick in Super Coach.
2: Yeah, and look, I guess, boys, the the question becomes: Do we trust Brad Arthur? You know, because he's come out and he said very openly, whoever gets the gig is going to be playing maximum minutes. They're going to he loves playing the eighty minute hooker. So, hands at three forty two, Lusick at three thirteen. These are the only two guys that can to get this which, gig. Which
1: has, has merit because he picked Jake Arthur like 48,000 times for zero minutes last year. So it does have legs. The yep. thing is, it's it's like there's been certain Supercoach podcasts out there that have said, oh, they're just not 80-minute players. And whatever, that's fine. But from a Supercoach standpoint, when they played 80 minutes last year, and shout out to Supercoach Guns for these stats, Brendan Hands averaged 55.8 points per game when playing 80 minutes last year. Unreal. Lusick averaged 47 Minutes a game in eighty minutes, unreal for the price tag. Like, what's the fucking worst that happens? Like, he picks hands and hands sucks, and then he picks Lussick. Like, cool. If that's in a, in a perfect world, if hands gets four weeks and he sucks, and then he picks Lussick. Well, you don't have to you don't have to trade trade Lussick in straight away. You have got another two weeks to wait and see what happens and see how it plays out. Like, hmm. everyone talks about playing fullback roulette, and they're very happy to burn trades on nine hundred k guys. If I'm just continually rotating between two cheapy guys that are putting out fifty points a game that are getting me the. the the funds to eventually upgrade, then amazing. Like I feel, Brano. People look at people; just want the best, and like people just go, "Oh well, they they have to average sixty five or they're fucking terrible." And that's yeah, that's how it feels sometimes. Like it is perfectly fine. Not everyone in your team is going to average sixty five points a game. It is perfectly fine to have a guy that gets 50. And it's perfectly fine to start a guy that gets 50. And the way to look at that is, if you're picking your fourth reserve and he averages 70, if you're picking your fourth reserve and he averages 50, what difference is that between starting a guy and then having a better reserve? Like, don't just look at it as he is starting, he has to score good points. Just look at it as he is the 17th option in my team.
2: Yeah, very well said. But I mean, I think I look at the price and what they're priced at. You know, my my the, the reality is you're gonna get your Jermaine Hop goods and they're gonna be priced at fucking two hundred and ninety seven K and they're gonna be six hundred K players and that's great. And that's a win for everybody, but everybody fucking also buys them. You know, no we're not missing yeah. players like that. It's too obvious. Yeah. Whereas you you go and you get your hands or your lusic or your Brayley or whoever, whoever that ends up being, and they go and make you that money, um, you know, it's a bit of a free swing, to be honest. Um, so I'm looking at a guy for three hundred K and going, what can I do with the rest of the money? I think that's probably more of a relevant conversation is what am I doing with the rest of the cash instead of picking Harry Grant, instead of picking JMK, what am I doing with that 300K in another upside position? I think the one thing that I will say on the hooker question here is how many trades do you want to burn at a position with very, very minimal upside? So for for me, the reason, another reason why I'm picking Harry Grant is because I know he's the best in the position and I do not want to spend trades like I did last year at an ordinary lack of upside position in Hooker. If
1: Grant had any other draw, I'd be I my my narrative is totally different. And I I, yeah. I fully get the I don't want to spend multiple drafts, uh multiple trades on on him. And I if he had any other draw, I'm buying him. I want that known that I'm not just dissing him, but it's just that I think that there's so much value in these other guys that it can be upside. But I think you really hit the nail on the head there about guys that just pump out fifties and sixties that just turn over. Not everyone is Jareem Buller. Not everyone is Jermaine Hopgood, Not everyone is rookie Payne Haas that averages 75 points in their rookie season that you buy them for 200 K like they are, they are the outliers and just stop, looking at people as starters versus non-starters just look at them as a collective in your 17 that's just the the biggest advice i can give just look at them as a whole but also one more point um if you're choosing between Lussic and hands just pick hands find the money and get hands because it's so much easier for, for teamless tuesday for you to go hands to Lussic than for you to go Lussic to hands and if you if you build your team with fuck all funds in the bank and and Lussic is named in round one you have to to do some maneuvering to get him in just pick this more expensive guy and, uh, and yeah, move to the cheaper one if possible.
2: It's well said. And then if they're um, both
3: named, change to Jaden Braley.
2: Yeah, pretty much. That, that just, needs to be the strategy. Both just both Braley. It's just Braley squared. <laughs> um, the one guy we haven't talked about too much, guys, to wrap this one up is the cheese, Brandon Smith. Um, 471k, he was the nearly the most owned player. To start the season last year. Everyone was like, ah, oh, it's a no-brainer to get the cheese. Uh he was so cheap. And uh that, it was still the right move. It just didn't work. It took him an adjustment period to, you know, playing full-time hooker. He didn't do that at the storm. He played through the middle, he played at lock a fair bit too. Um, so that there was an adjustment period. He's a season in now, Brendan Smith. So there's an argument that he's more settled in his role now. He's probably fitter. Um, he's more conditioned to to what they're requiring of him. Matty, is there any sort of love for Brandon Smith? I know in fantasy circles he's a bit of a lock over over in NRL fantasy just due to the scoring. But with Super Coach, obviously, four hundred and seventy one k. Would you would you even look at him and consider a bounce back season? No. Good. <laughs> cool. Glad All right, Josh. That. Would you consider him? I need something more than that. Yeah. No, good. Hey, no, it's just, if you it's guys want to, you leave me on
0: red.
1: Draw, it's, the, it's the Harry Grant syndrome. It's any other draw. Like the uh, draw is not good. Broncos, yeah. Manly, uh, Rabbitohs, <laughs> Penrith, and then yeah, cool against the Bulldogs. Mad and then Newcastle, Melbourne. Like it's not. It's not a fun draw. It's a um, shit draw. But if the cheese comes out in the first six weeks and shows he is seventy percent of what he was at Melbourne, then you know what. When 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 Brad Arthur kicks the can and decides to just start shuffling hands and Lussick around, and the chief could come calling, um, but it's just not a good draw at all. Like it's probably it's only as bad as Harry
2: Grant's. That's the uh, only positive I can say. He doesn't have the worst draw out of this bunch. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, if if I'm sure Tom Sangst is listening and watching this show, uh, just give Brandon Smith the two uh, RF jewel again. That that would be nice. Please. I heard
1: some rumors. Yeah, I heard some rumors that Robinson might chuck him in the back row with the seven other people that he's got. So,
2: just chuck him. Chuck him, jewel, yeah, right. <laughs> or even front, even front row forward, Jill Just anything's fine. Anywhere's fine. Yeah. Chuck Ball him back, in the centers, yeah. Actually, that'd be good. Um. Um.
3: Breno, you're gonna hate me for this one because I know it. you're trying to wrap it up, but you said 60 minutes, and it's only been going for 55 and 53. Please.
2: You've got time, Whisperer. Can you please
3: tell me about the hooker situation at Canberra? Like, what are we doing oh. there? Oh, I saw Danny. Yeah. I, I've had some DMs from you with Danny Levi in it, and I just, I just want to know what time it is. Like, please, it's 10. It,
1: it might be, it might be Levi season. It, it might be. I don't know. Like, it's. I feel like, I feel like I read a report every week that Ricky's favoring someone, whether it's Chevy Stewart, Xavier Savage. Kayo weeks, Tom Starling. Like, I feel like Ricky just favors everyone, but never plays them. But, like, can we go? Can we go Joey Lussick and Denny Levi and spend about five hundred k at our hookers if they're both named? Like, is that a real possibility, or is it? Is it just the fact that you've got, um, what's his name, Tom Starling and, and the other one, Wolford? The really, mid, yeah, just the really mid hooker. Um, but. There was reports, our favourite word out of Canberra, that that um, he was free to talk to other clubs, Wolford, and we know that Ricky just hates Tom Starling with a passion. So, Levi season,
2: if if Starling gets traded or moved on, and Wolford is out for the season, then sure, <laughs> maybe <laughs> you'll like... still think about it. It's not a lock. <laughs> <laughs> have you um have you ever heard of? There's a saying going around in in Canberra. Uh, it's called Ricky Roulette, if you've ever heard it. And um, I don't trust him as far as I could throw him. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say that I trust Brad Arthur's hooker rotation more than I trust anything that comes out of Ricky Stewart's mouth.
1: Yeah, I, I reckon I could open up Twitter tomorrow and see that Wolford's been released and Starling's been traded to somewhere. And Ricky says, Tom Star- uh, and Denny Levi is playing 80 minutes, no ifs and or buts. And I still wouldn't believe him. He could have yep. no hookers. Hey, hey, he played Adam Elliot at hooker. You you cannot you cannot tape anything <laughs> he says about hooker
2: rotation. Oh, I'll tell you what, if if Adam Elliott ends up fucking lining up at Hooker, I might pick him. Oh, I yeah. can't laugh Jewel. because like Denny Levi has been in some
1: some versions of my team, so I can't poo-poo it too much.
3: But if yeah, look, if you are gonna if you are gonna go super fucking cheap. Hooker or front row forward is the position because they're they're low upside, they're boring as shit. Like, you know what we're like talking about? Harry Grant might get seventy. Like, they like all get K- like, that's, that's like, Caelan like yeah. Ponga could average one hundred and ten. Um, Nico Hines could average one hundred and ten. Fucking like Hamaso Tabua Fido could average one hundred and ten before a hooker. he no, won't. So, <laughs> boys, we've we've
1: spoken about, we've spoken about ten hookers on this podcast today. I'll read you their averages, right? So 73, 65, 63. They're the top guys. 57, 56, 56, 55, 54, 52, 50. Like, it's just, yeah. if you play 70 minutes, you score 50 points. That's it.
2: Yeah.
1: Who so can make the most what,
2: tackles is the question.
1: And who can miss the least? And who can yeah. maybe get one try assist in six weeks? <laughs>
3: Or give me Cam McKenna's McKenna's Jewel again. Oh, oh
2: give me Cam McInnes Jewel, please. Stop it. Please. It's getting, getting me riled up at the end of a podcast episode. Now my wife's going to have to put up with me talking about Cam McKinnis all night. Oh, look what you've uh, done. Matrix. Brandon. In the switch, bottom of the We desk. managed to stretch it to an hour. Well, 30 seconds. Okay. Have you got another player for me?
3: <laughs> Sam, um, Barrels. Billy Wells, Sam Sam Barrels. Sam Barrels. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Veryls, what do you think of him? He's got some upside. I think, you
1: no. Know, like in, in all seriousness, like if Aaron Clark does play more 13, which is what he was playing last year and was pretty good at it, then if Verrills is playing 60, then goodbye. The problem with Verrells is he's made of paper mache Like he just needs to stay fit. Yeah.
2: and And he fits into that 50 to 55 category. You just read out all the averages. He probably slots perfectly in there, doesn't he? Yeah,
1: with, with 60 minutes, he probably averages 52 points, which is just the rest of the pack.
2: Just, just get Braley. Just
3: we talk get about, about Brayley if you're um, getting him. We talk yep. about
1: halfback and it being Cleary and Hines and then nothing else until Caesar. Unless you're doing some kind of crazy play where you pick up Blake Braley for like a four-week punt, like it's Grant J&K or Brendan Hands, isn't it? And, and Jaden yeah. Braley. Like there's, there's no, no point going this middle period unless you've got a, a plan like Braley.
2: Yeah. I do like the Blake Braley plan, to be honest. Uh, I, I don't hate that at all with the draw and the plan to move him on around that kind of that double buy period with, with Grant. But again, if you're starting with Grant, you don't need it. If you like the draw for JMK for the dolphins, you don't need that plan either. It's, it's more, if you don't believe in the Brendan Hans Lussick, whatever plan that they've got going on at the Eels. And you're also not a believer that Jaden Braley is going to be up to it yet. That that's pretty much when you'd look at Blake Braley.
1: Yeah, I just want to I just want to quickly ask. So Parramatta play the the five thirty game on a Saturday. So there's going to be a lot of teams beforehand. So there's going to be ten teams play before Parramatta. Wouldn't it be the most peak Super Coach thing to see Brennan Hands named at nine, Lussick named at like eighteen, and then game day they just they just be put into the bench, and you're <laughs> fucked because like because the Knights play the third game of the season. So Jaden Braley's locked out. And you're
3: fucked. Oh,
2: yeah, wow. I can see it happening. I actually we well, yeah, that oh absolutely that is that is peak no, bird Arthur.
3: It's no, it's because you've got him starting because Appy, Appy, Appy carousel goal bias, so you're just So in? you've you've <laughs> already got you've already got him sitting on the bench. So um yeah, Oppy carousel goal kicking, so you're all excited. And, uh, yeah, Lussic gets the and gets then, the and then from 18. And then
2: Coruscant kicks goals in the two trial games in the lead-up to the season, and then you see Aiden Caesar get the fucking tee out as soon yeah, as the Tigers pass, score their you, first try. You pay 600K for Coruscant
1: because he's kicked 100% the trials, and then, yeah, there's like a, a non-reported hamstring strain like the, the, the Thursday before round two. <laughs> fucking That's hell. That's peak.
2: That is peak Definitely. NRL supercoach. And, so, and probably so a really... Scored.
3: Tigers only scored two uh, two tries a game for the whole year, so it doesn't matter. So, yeah, yeah. mate, I'll
1: get take your, the extra points. Get, eight, get your licks in now. Get your licks in now. We're we're coming back.
2: I can't wait. Can't wait. You must have you must have missed the game where we beat the Panthers in the wet last year. Uh, how many have they won in a row? The Panthers. Yeah, I, I think
1: I think we like the, the and we uh, we we beat the Panthers the year before as well during the the origin. We we broke yeah. the streak. They were like twenty games unbeaten. So. I think we need to get a name on that on that premiership trophy just uh, as like an asterisk but that's mm. Hooker's done it's probably the worst position that we'll talk about or yeah, maybe maybe for forward sure. maybe for, we get the two worst ones out of the way and then it, it really opens up
2: Yeah it does but there's also a lot of questions centred around Hooker and how you play it strategy wise hopefully we've been able to open the can of worms that is Hooker this year and give you some options i guess but there are only a few again there's only a few for front row forward as well the strategy seems to be load with premium one premium player and then and look to the rest of your cheapies which there are a few so we'll discuss all of those guys don't forget to subscribe and follow as well we appreciate all the support front row forwards are coming up next join the discord as well the link is in the description below and if you'd like to support the show you can be an insight unlimited member for only 25 bucks for the whole year We'll see you next time for Front Row Forwards. Until then, you've been listening to the Insight NRL Show. Catch you later. Yeah.